0: everybody to trb live that's right we are here to talk to you on the resistance broadcast about all the latest going on in star wars uh this is our thursday show or friday if you're listening on podcast apps however you're taking in trb thank you and uh we appreciate you listening watching being a part of trb in any way shape or form so it's uh good to be here i'm john that's james right there hi there he is uh and Lacey Gillerin, uh should be back with us next Thursday because uh, we are going to be ending our year with a bang and we're not that doesn't mean we're doing a bold prediction show that means we are doing our Christmas holiday party it's going to be festive it's going to be fun it's going to be live we're going to probably announce some giveaways and of course talk Star Wars so tune in with us next Thursday but right now you're here with us on this Thursday and you're checking out this episode and we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, but before we get into any of that, James, uh, first wanted to ask you, um, did you, what What hat is that? Because that does not look like, it does not look like a soccer hat. No, I could be wrong. It does not look like a Star Wars hat. So what's going on?
1: It's just a clothing company. It's like Vans. Oh, you got a sponsorship? Nice, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That'd be great. <laughs> um. But
0: uh, to start the show, we just want to again say thank you from the live chat. We are going to be doing Ask the Resistance later in the show. So if you have any Mm -hmm. questions uh, that you think would be cool for us to discuss, pop them in the chat. Use hashtag Ask the Resistance so we know that you want that question for the show. And we will get to as many as we can. We also do have the super chat option available where you can hyperspace your way to the front of the line and have your comment read on the show at any point in time. And we will react to that as well. Uh, but other than that, just sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Um, James, did you hear about that, uh, that KOTOR sort of cryptic message by the, uh, the head of gaming at Disney? I did. I can't follow this story. I just I can't. <laughs> Look, I can't either, dude. Because I'm not a big gamer, and I but I do know how big KOTOR is. Like, uh, my buddy Kevin Smets, who you probably know from the Schmodown, he did this whole uh, movie using KOTOR. And, like, it, it's this big... Like, KOTOR is this huge thing. Knights of the Old Republic, that video game, that culture. It's just like this own subversion, sub-section of fandom. And anytime people, you know, get teases that they are bringing it back, oh, now they're not, now they are... I'm just going to go with the quote here. And this is from uh, Sean Shoptow, who is the head of gaming at Disney. And, and about the Knights of the Old Republic remake, he said, quote, not a lot I can say on that point for some hopefully obvious reasons, but KOTOR is obviously, so he likes obviously, <laughs> KOTOR is obviously an incredibly popular game, one that we are incredibly well, he used incredibly twice, too. <laughs> One that we are incredibly proud of and think that there's still a lot of demand for. I'll leave it there. So what do you think? Do you think that, mean, that means they're definitely making a, a new version of the game for sure? Or do you think it's he wants them to, but Disney's not pulling the trigger because of the what's going on with the economy and their budgets? Or do you think it's just it's not time yet to fully reveal it?
1: Um, I guess my thoughts are probably that Disney Disney knows that if they make the game, the game will make money. But they're having a hard time justifying that in some regard as to, like, which studios or who's making the thing. Because I feel like the, the rumors of it being canceled had more to do with the studio and how they were unable to, like, somehow like make it work like they were pulling out it's not happening anymore and those comments came from the studio so this coming from Disney makes it seem to me like like they're saying like we're gonna we we are gonna do everything we can to make that game we want to make that game um, but I really can't say much because you can't confirm anything with who they're working with, you know, cause they have their own demands on like how they want things to be announced and, you know, or something like that. And it could still be the same studio. It could just be that, um, they're waiting to, to, I don't know, say, say more. I'm not really sure, but, but again, I feel like it was sort of a studio thing. Yeah. And this is the head of Disney just saying like, we, we like this game. We want to make it.
0: Yeah. Head of Disney gaming. Um, and we don't, you know, I don't know this guy or his personality or how, or how, he teases things, but, um, I mean, it sounds promising though for, for fans of KOTOR. Like if this same quote was a like, you just replaced KOTOR with solo and I heard this from the head of something at Disney, I'd be like, Holy cow, we might be on yeah. something. Um, so very cool. Um, but yeah. So if you do have questions about that or about any of the topics we're about to talk, uh, about here in resistance report, uh definitely drop it in the chat with hashtag Ask the Resistance and we'll get to that uh later in the show. But James, it is time to fire up the news and get into what is going on, including that that very interesting first story.
1: Yeah, let's do it. It's the resistance. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody wants to hear about this first story. We put it as a title card because it was one of these things where uh, when we heard it, when we saw it, uh, Lacey actually sent it over in the chat and was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, Uh, I know she's dying to talk about this stuff, Um, but it's one of these things where we saw it, we watched the clip and it's really interesting sequel trilogy news like you. You don't get a lot of uh, the actors or the producers or the directors stuff talking about it much um, past, unless you know it's like five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago when we did that movie or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so every once in a while, you'll get a little spatter of something from somebody. And this week, uh, it was Adam Driver um, being interviewed on the Rich Eisen show, uh, was asked about. The movie and the trilogy and how everything came together and he was like well and he sort of just uh gets into it actually i think we have the clip so why don't we just go ahead and show I like, everybody and everybody can I, I like
0: it. i like that you're 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 doing the bit and you're like i think we have the clip even though you're the
1: one who put got the clip and put it up i don't know what you're talking about uh hey jerry can we can we get that can we, can we get it pulled up is that possible we could just put it on screen okay good jerry. all right yeah <laughs> Hey Jamie, pull that, pull this up. <laughs> All right, we got it right here. I'll go ahead and play it. But did you know? <laughs> did you know
2: that at least you're 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 playing Vader 2.0? Like at least did you know that as yeah, conceptually? I did. Yeah, in? yeah. And I had an overall arc that he, in mind that he wanted to do, which you know then changed. But his idea was that almost the opposite journey of Vader, where Vader starts the most confident, the most. Uh, you know committed to the dark side and by you know the um the last movie he's he's the most vulnerable and weak and he yes. wanted to start at the opposite where the, this character was the most confused and vulnerable and by the end of the the three movies would be most committed to the dark side so the, i tried to keep that arc in mind regardless if that wound up not being the journey anyway because, uh, because it changed obviously yeah, as well, we were shooting. yeah it. right right but i was still kind of focused on that when did it change uh, uh well with with Ryan he took it into a different direction but still okay. it kind of still tracked with the character than the last one they it, it changed okay in, into being you know uh, about them and the dyad and and things like that and then again so you grew- and and kind of evolving into Ben Ben solo right. that, that was never part of it that wasn't either no 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 because well Ben solo he was Ben solo from the beginning right. but it wasn't it was never a version where we actually see Ben solo. when when i first signed up for it
1: (laughs) oh
0: it's wild stuff and uh i don't know if you had like a setup question to toss me but just even in some of his trepidation after a certain question it's almost like he wasn't sure how to answer it and he's like so what so when did that change and he's like he paused And he's like, well, during the last one and and while we were shooting. So it's like, and we had heard that. There's nothing new. Some of this really isn't new to us. Like we heard that they were changing things as we were filming episode nine. But to hear the actor... Say and it. we
1: sort of have been always in the mindset of justifying someone saying, well, they should have done all three the same way." we like, well, they've always done movie to movie to movie. You know what I mean? They yeah. always handed it off. They always didn't start writing until the next one. You know, so we've, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's now the prequels are one thing. That story had to be told the way it was told because it has to lead up to episode four. So let's take that out and then just focus on the untouchable Golden trilogy of the original trilogy. And I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast. We had J.W. Rinsler on twice, and he told us, you know, a lot of the cool anecdotes from his books and a lot of the conversations he had. And it's just a fact that the original trilogy (laughs) really was uh, piece by piece, in so much so that Leia was not Luke's sister until the second draft of Return of the Jedi. So Empire Strikes Back was written, filmed, and completed as almost this love triangle and not this, you know, sibling thing. As you talk about the multiple kisses uh, mm-hmm. with Leia and Luke, at you know, even at the end. Um, but now that we look back on it, it's this fluid thing. And even Vader was the guy who killed Luke's father in the first Star Wars movie. It wasn't, you know, Obi-Wan wasn't lying <laughs> in the first movie. Right. And then George Lucas changes it, and all of a sudden, Obi-Wan's this big liar. But so... And those are big, massive moments in Star Wars, and we're okay with it. So, I don't mind that they also did the same thing here. Now, I understand it was more of a handing of the baton and handing back. Um, But I want to ask you I I do want to get into his answers more, and maybe even, you don't do this, watch it again, watch one
1: more time. We Uh, could skip through. Yeah. You know, I think this is one of those things like I'm not I'm not usually someone to be like, let's really deep dive into what a celebrity said in an interview, you know, and try to pull out like all these secret intentions or whatever. But it is quite filled up with juicy things where you're like, well, he answered it this way, which really does make me think that, you know, there's this and this and this. Um, and I, I think like right off the top one of the, the things that really sticks out to me is he says um, that the Ryan Johnson movie still tracked he said Ryan did
0: it different but it's still tracked he took no Ryan took it in a direction different but it's direction
1: still but it's still and- tracked so that means to me or that is sort of for me saying that Adam driver thought of that movie because he didn't know where nine was going to go. He still thought at the end of eight that nine could still be totally villainous. Right. Exactly. Kylo Ren.
0: Yeah. And based on what he said about how it changed during filming, during shooting, they might've went into episode nine filming the JJ Abrams episode nine with that on the table. Yeah. You know, and it does make you think now that you look back on the post Death Star wreckage duel in Rise of Skywalker, he only has one line it's ow. Uh, there's no dialogue <laughs> for him throughout. Uh, you know, maybe the Harrison Ford thing was added later. Maybe Kylo Ren was supposed to die right there on the Death Star. At the hands of Ray, she stabs him, he dies. Then she goes to face Palpatine. I don't know. I would love yeah. to know. I don't want to get too far in the speculation on like what would have been with the episode nine thing. Um, I wouldn't mind re-watching this clip, and we don't usually do this, but stopping after each answer of each question and and like sort of segmenting it because you're right, there is. If you if you look at how he answers things and the certain word choices he makes, we can probably point to some logical conclusions.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, stop me if you uh, if you want me to stop. <laughs> okay. did you
2: know? Did you know that at least you're 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 playing Vader 2.0? Like at least did you know that as yeah, conceptually? I did. Yeah. In? Yeah. And I had an overall arc that he, in mind that he wanted to do, which you know then changed, but his idea was that almost the opposite journey of Vader, where Vader JJ starts is the most about. confident, the yeah. most, uh, you know, committed to the dark side, and by, you know, the um, the last movie, he's he's the most vulnerable and weak, and he yes. wanted to start at the opposite, where the, this character was the most confused and vulnerable, and by the end of the, the three movies would be most committed to the dark side. So the, I tried to keep that arc in mind, regardless if that wound up not being the journey anyway.
0: Okay, so he approached the entire thing. So everything we saw him film, essentially, he did it with the mindset. And this is all through The Last Jedi and even into the filming of Rise of Skywalker that this guy was heading further and further into the dark side. That's how Adam Driver approached the character.
1: Right. And before we even get into that, I think there's a lot of discussion over the whole reverse Vader conversation as well. Um so the kind of concept of JJ Abrams saying how how am I going to do Star Wars differently? Well, famously Star Wars is you have this character that is um evil at the beginning and slowly starts to turn back to the light. We want to have a character who's sort of not on the light side but is sort of unsure of himself and then gets darker and darker and darker. And uh, almost like that—that that point when he was still that we see Vader on the light side, you know, in reverse is not actually in this movie. It happened, uh, you know, just before this movie. Uh, yeah. When 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 Luke decides to go to the island and and you know turn him. Uh, hide himself away and all this stuff. And it's because there was this moment where he flipped just like Vader, but it was off screen. And then what you're seeing now through this trilogy is just descendants of a character.
0: Yeah. Let's play a little further and stop it after he talks about what you want to talk about the reverse do. Vader. Well, I want to do, I want to, but okay. I want to incorporate the part he said about the still tracks stuff. Okay.
2: All right. Let um, me play it. It because it changed, obviously, yeah, as well, we were shooting. Yeah, right, right. But I was still kind of focused on that. When did it change? Uh, uh well, with with Ryan, he took it into a different direction, but still, okay. it kind of still tracked with the All character right. than the last one. It, it changed. Let's okay. stop here.
0: So he's saying Ryan took it in a in a different direction. What do you What do you think that is? Do you think that's just him and Ray connecting through the Force? Do you think that's what he's alluding to? That's that's my initial thought. Um, but he's saying it's still tracked, which means everything that happened in TLJ, the Ray connection through the force, um, him having hesitation to fire upon Leia, uh, all these things that we see of like, oh, he's unsure. In his mind, it's still tracked with this path and descent into darkness, which Reminds me a bit of Anakin because the confusion of Anakin also helped feed his journey to the dark side. So him saying it's still tracked, even though he did something different. I, I kind of like that because for, for Adam Driver, because people will say, well, Kylo Ren in TFA and then Kylo Ren in, in Last Jedi. It's almost like a different character. He takes the mask off and he's he's all of a sudden starts connecting with Rey and stuff. But to Adam Driver, it didn't in terms of how he played the character and how he saw the path. Uh, I find that to be interesting. Now uh, I know you want to talk more about the reverse Vader
1: thing though, but well, I think when it comes to the, the, how do I see his comments on Ryan Johnson changing it, going in a different direction? I think that when you're approached with this idea in like during first force awakens, it's that there's this character Ray. And at first you guys maybe, you know, are kind of talking and she's kind of discovering who you are and stuff like that. But by the second movie and by the third movie, you're going to be even more enemies. So I think he was thinking that the second movie, he would really not have any sort of connection with this lead character of, of Ray. Um, And that they would be battling enemies the entire time. The different direction I think he's referring to is this whole like, I didn't didn't think we were going to be conversing as much and maybe even like sort of connecting and understanding each other on a certain level. But I think what he's saying is though my character still, I still played it as, but she's not convincing me of anything. Right. I'm not changing my mind. She's not turning me to the light. I'm maybe willing to toy with her and try to pull her to the dark. But, yeah. but I'm not actually uh, uh, being swayed back until <laughs> the rise of Skywalker. And then you can, you can say, okay, well we're sort of changing that. And that also tracks with what we did in the last movie as well, that maybe, Maybe that's not what you were thinking when you filmed it, but we could sort of spin it and say that, you know, that character was equally being pulled to the light as you were sort of thinking you were pulling Ray to the dark.
0: Yeah. And TFA and TLJ have a lot of similarities that aren't um, maybe as on the surface, but when you really think about it, you know, going back to Shakespearean stories or anybody who's in this quest for power, as we see Kylo Ren is, especially at the end of that whole throne room thing in the last Jedi, when he's like, let's Star Wars,
1: it, the quest for power.
0: That's actually going to be the sequel to a new beginning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but he, he says, we're going to start over end the Jedi and the Sith, the rebellion, all of it. We're going to start over. Join me, Ray. Um, but in TFA, he kills Han Solo who is his father? Like that is always something that's going to hang over somebody, whether you love your father or not. They are above you. They are your father. They're the one you look up to or the one you despise, whatever it is. He eliminates that obstacle, that, 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 that thing, just that elephant on his back. Then he thinks he's good, but it's not because it sort of split him a bit. So then he's like, well, what do I do now? Let me kill my mentor. So he kills Snoke in the second one. And then he's like, all right, now it's my time. Then he becomes Supreme Leader. Then it's his time to do uh, that. He runs the show now. And then we see what kind of a maniac he turns into at the end of that movie. Um, So he's seeing this all in that way. And maybe the next part we'll play here where he sort of talks about how the whole him and Ray thing, even though there's the clear force connection in TLJ, he didn't see it as a he and Ray thing until – the Rise of Skywalker stuff. I found that
1: to be a very interesting comment, but we'll see exactly what he said about it. I do feel a little bad for him though, as, as this continues on, because it, it feels like the way he's painting it is a little bit, and I don't think he's regretful. And I think he's, he's fine with how things turned out, but it does feel a little bit like that clown meme where he's like yeah oh yeah you're going to be evil the whole time and he's like putting on the, the hair and then uh, <laughs> like the second I, movie they're like yeah I mean you're hanging out with Ray, but like you're still evil and he's like putting on the makeup <laughs> you know what I mean and then you get to that last one and they're like actually you're, you're going to be a good guy <laughs> and he's like Puts what's my motivation nose? here you're bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're very bad
0: yeah And now touch her finger no touch hands touch hands you're still you're very bad though he's like
1: i don't know ryan this feels a little like it's kind of borderline and he's like yeah, but you know you're still on the dark and stuff you know and then the last one should
0: i should i put a shirt on in the scene no 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 (laughs) shirt off uh full mist full mist (laughs) but you're bad you're still very evil all right let's see what else he says
1: i just realized we're talking and we're still if you're watching on youtube we're still in the small squares yeah (laughs) should have flipped us back but here let's watch a little bit more
2: into being you know uh, about them and the dyad and and things like that and then again so you and and kind of evolving into ben ben solo that, that was never part of it that wasn't either no 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 because well Ben Solo he was Ben Solo from the beginning right. but it wasn't it was never a version where we actually see Ben Solo when when I first saw That is for
0: it. That's just wild man that like it's so crazy to think because I liked the idea of Kylo Ren and I I remember watching TFA and watching um the last jedi and thinking like this you know he's he's the new main villain he's our new like big bad villain this is uh, this is going to be really cool but at the same time I do also completely understand the sentiment of you know Star Wars is about hope um it's about these families and it's about in the end a happy ending and it's a tough pill to swallow if they had Han and Leia's kid ending as the the final villain and dying because of his descent into darkness and, and no return um but it's a big change that you know this whole redemption thing was just evolved out of them while shooting is pretty pretty nuts. I want I don't know because if it was JJ's idea to have that's him, what, that's where I'm the, at too. Yeah, if, if it was JJ's idea to have him be the quote opposite of Vader, two ships passing in the night. For some reason, the term reverse Vader is very triggering for people. But the opposite of Vader's path, as Adam Driver laid it out himself. I don't know why J.J. would then be like... Because as Adam Driver says, TLJ still tracks. So it's not one of those things like people think J.J. didn't like what Ryan did, so now he had to do this. So if it's still tracked that he was on the descent to the furthest element of the dark side, why would J.J. then be like... This sets up right where I wanted it, but we're going to change it. So I can't help but think Disney or Kathleen Kennedy and Michelle Regwan said, no, listen, the fans are white hot about this redemption. We got to give listen to the fans here. This is a mistake if we, do, if we do this this way. And they buckled to that because if you remember, I really wanted to try to watch the Skywalker Legacy documentary, the episode nine one mm-hmm. before we did this maybe before a future episode, uh, especially with Lacey back, I think it will be a, a good conversation. But I remember there's distinct parts of Michelle Regwan that drives Lacey nuts. She hates it, but she says yeah. like, it gives this story hope that he, you know, right. he turns back and stuff and then they kill him. But I can't help it because they were really, she was very vocal, Michelle Regwan on that set. And I know she comes from JJ's camp. Um, so I wonder, I, I don't think that she would say something that would be able to be more powerful than what JJ wanted to say. I don't think that would work. So I can't help but think, you know, Kathleen Kennedy gets wind of like pockets of fandom with the Ben Demption and stuff like that. And I do really think they pay way more attention to online fandom than maybe they should. And that's coming from the makes it a little too happen people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think this comes from Kathleen Kennedy and or maybe Disney. What do you think?
1: Um well I'll throw in another alternative maybe it comes from JJ because That's why I just said I don't
0: think it's from JJ.
1: I that was what I just said so but Well what I'm saying is I think I think that the last Jedi because we've already talked a little bit about this where we're like, so Adam driver was maybe even seeing the movie where he's like, Oh, this still tracks for him being on the dark. And I think a lot of people really felt that way watching the movie. I think also a lot of people f- watched that movie and also felt completely opposite from that saying like, no, this is more evidence that he should be redeemed. And I, I kind of feel like that's, that's the, that's the uh, very <laughs> skilled uh, directing ability of Ryan Johnson. That's the movie he wanted to make. He wanted to ride the line the whole way through. And so, and he did a very good job because everybody came split out of it. I don't think he intended it to actually like hurt people. I thought people would be like, "Oh man, it's so good cuz like you could see it both ways." And then he was going to let the last director decide, you know. I have a I I'm curious if And I know he said this was during filming, so maybe going into 9, J.J. still maybe thought one way or the other. But I'm curious if J.J. had this idea in Force Awakens, watched what Ryan did, and made a lot of decisions on how 9 should go because of how he felt coming out of 8. And in that movie, he watched it and thought to himself, oh, I think this director is taking that character in a redemption direction. Yeah, He's toying the line, and I think when I look at the two options to have the character sort of be here, then toy the line, then go far worse, it is not as good of a story in his period now that the eight has been made to go – Then to go evil – and then toy the line and then redeem, you know, it's like, he sort of is, we sometimes think of it like he bounced back, but JJ is like, no, I, I, I would have gone that direction, but instead I'm turning with, but you know, what's Ryan yeah. because that's how he interpreted eight. Yeah. You
0: know, what's kind of funny about all this there, there's so many like cogs to this wheel that, <laughs> that led to this happening. Because then I think yeah. about the Palpatine thing, and they're probably like, well, if we're gonna redeem him, then like what are we gonna do? And they're like, well, we bring back Palpatine. And then like Palpatine. It's funny because people get people are annoyed about Palpatine returning, but if Palpatine doesn't return, you probably don't get redeemed Ben Solo. So it's like, will you take that in order to get the other thing? So that's Palpatine was probably a, a relatively late thing too, because everything I had heard and I joked about it to be wink wink, but Matt Smith was very much really supposed to be like a young Palpatine. Then they squashed that like either during filming or right before filming. So there were all these things constantly moving around. But if Palpatine was always supposed to be a part of it in some way, which by all the timelines I had heard it was, and Adam Driver saying the Ben Solo thing and the redemption thing didn't happen until into shooting. That means Palpatine was a part of it while Kylo Ren was still supposed to be full villain all the way through kind of also kind of interesting to think about. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I just don't know like what, what constitutes, you know, things changed during filming. Okay. Like what kind of things like a complete restructure of the entire story and, uh, and yeah. what type of thing changes that? Like, Oh, can we get Ian McDermott No. Okay. Well, We'll get Matt Smith and we'll do the story where. Oh, I think it was where a young palpit. What? I, I I don't think it was. Can we
0: get any e. McDermott? McDermott will always play Palpatine. So well, it, it was, I, let's try this yeah, younger sure. thing. And JJ's probably like, we got to get the guy. Like, we got to get the guy. So they probably then went to to McDermott. But
1: yeah, I, yeah know, I'm, I'm curious. Even- I'm curious if the Matt Smith thing was like the lines that he delivered and things were like these, this yeah, I always took it sort of as like, he was going to be like, they were going to get Ian McDermott and then he was going to like suck the life from the dyad and it was going to make him young. And they were going to be like young prime Palpatine. I thought that that was cool. Well, I thought that's what, that's always sort of been my understanding of of him being involved um with the movie but now if you're talking about all these changes there's always the possibility that like the flashback they could have been flashbacks to a younger version of him where he he hears this news that one day somebody's going to 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 be more powerful than him after his death and so then he's like no and he's like i'm going to do everything in my power to survive this or something you know what i mean like I, I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the Matt Smith stuff is really interesting as well. And I just, just tell them, please like one day, just, I want that guy to just be like, uh, has enough time passed. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to be like, I was supposed that, to be just, just say like what it was, what the story direction was when you were hired on, when you shot your scenes, when you did whatever, like, just tell us what you were told. It's fine. You know, like, even like Adam driver right now is disclosing a lot of information about the movie. You know? Yeah. I,
0: why can't Matt Smith? It's very possible that one, even though George Lucas had said his ideas would have been, you know, what happens to Darth Vader's grandchildren? And he's like, that's what my sequel trilogy would have been about, whatever. I wonder with this trilogy that we got, if making the villain, this Skywalker or related in any way to Hanalei was the mistake. Like, why couldn't Kylo Ren have just been Kylo Ren? And then it's not, well, you got to redeem him because he's Han and Leia's kid. Then you could say, no, he's our villain and he's going to be our villain through the end. And everyone's going to cheer when he dies. Like, maybe the mistake was making this character the son of Han and Leia. It still could be the Skywalker saga because you're bringing all the old characters back and they're training Rey. It doesn't have to be generational, in my opinion. I think... The soap opera element <laughs> that George Lucas found himself in once he made Darth Vader Luke's father in the second one uh, might have hindered this whole thing in, in this trilogy.
1: Okay, uh, you, you sent me down a path, and in my mind, I go, Yeah, like, okay, so he's the villain. What if they made him the one that kills Ben Solo? Like, he killed Ben Solo off screen, and that's why ray hates him and then and then i was like oh but then you could sort of reveal that he was ben solo and then i was like wait a minute that's that's the star wars plot twist in the first three movies well yeah
0: but what what why did they just do this why wasn't it kylo ren is just kylo ren he's not related to any of the skywalkers big galaxy just a bad seed, bad kid, strong with the force. That's all. He doesn't need to be anyone's kid, grandkid, whatever. And then have Ray, if you want to do the wild twist, there's enough twists in the sequel trilogy that mm-hmm. maybe I think people would think are more ridiculous than this. I'm about to say Ray is the lost child of Han and Leia, or for some reason. You know, even oh, that, that was that, up for debate. You make that work. So then it's still the Rise of Skywalker, it's still connected, your hero is still Skywalker and Kylo Ren the villain dies. You don't have to bring Palpatine back and it's everything else can fit around that without much change. I I don't know. It's just I we're getting in the weeds here on like what they should have yeah. done and I'm not trying to say what they should have done cuz I love the sequel trilogy. I will I will watch the sequel trilogy and still be like I love it. I still enjoy what they gave me. I like seven. I like eight. I like nine. I'm a rare breed. I like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Two is my least favorite. Still love it. But I, I still think if they did that switch where she was the kid and Kylo Ren is just Kylo Ren, then you don't have to worry about this redemption stuff. You don't have to worry about, you know, oh, bringing Palpatine back or any of it. And it, you, it's just, I, I, but I don't know. But it's interesting to hear him talking about it, and I love, like you said, I would love to hear more talk about this stuff because it's. Well, I'm, I'm having fun talking about it right now, and it's just fun to to <laughs> speculate and wonder and and all Luke's, that with, without saying like they should have done this because it sucked. No, I still Luke enjoyed still him very much,
1: but. Doesn't- yeah, they don't want anybody to know this stuff because it will make them look like they're confused or they don't know what they're doing. Too late! <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so yeah. at least give us like the conversation and like justify it a little bit. Like they can open up and be honest, be like, well, this is... We, we were going to do that. We we thought that through, and then we sort of landed on that that wouldn't really work for these reasons, and maybe it would have, but at the same time, we thought that this would be a good direction, and just have an actual conversation about it, and I think people would appreciate it. It would definitely stir conversation in Star Wars. Um, and we would get answers to things instead of just like people just consistently being like, they don't know what, like what happened, like they're idiots, you know, like let them sort of defend their story. And, and maybe a lot of people will like hear it out and sort of understand that. I think what is interesting is this brings up that conversation of like, what if with the sequel trilogy, which I think is pretty common these days, but it reminds me of the what ifs for the uh, prequels when they came out because there was a, there was a popular video, at least I remember of the, what if episode one was good. And I remember the guy who did it, like sort of does these little changes. And he's like, cause see like you, if you've made it this character, or you introduce this, then it would have made and I'm it. I'm not you know, trying to go do this all direction. that. I'm just no. Well, saying. I think we are. and I think it's, it's fun. It's fun to sort of uh, <clears throat> think about the, the yeah, but other those guys, world of like, what would be the difference if they changed certain things? Yeah. But those guys do that stuff. Cause they're like, it was crap. And this is how
0: the, this is me. Who's never made a movie would have made it good. It's like, I'm saying I enjoyed what we got. I liked it a lot. If they did this, would it have been less, uh, complicated and flowed better you know that type of stuff
1: right i know i I mean and i don't know that guy's intentions necessarily he did say what if episode one was good implying that it was bad yeah Yeah. but my but i think what he was doing and what i've done before is like i think i even said like um there's something in like episode two where like anakin says all this stuff and he like freaks out in front of padme but he should have freaked out in front of um owen And then Mm -hmm. they could have been like brothers having that conversation and it wouldn't have, you know what I mean? And like just the little changes like that would have changed certain things about the later movies and the understanding and blah, 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 blah. It's it's all, it's all backseat driver or, or, you know, Monday morning quarterback. type stuff. Kylo
0: Ren does horrible things in the first two movies. He does horrible things off screen that we know about. He has ashes of his victims in his office. he, is called the Jedi killer. We're still trying to figure out all of that. Um, But you have this whole contingent of fandom who was like, they got to redeem him. They better redeem him. And the only reason why they said that is because he's a Skywalker. Mm -hmm. If you free the fans of having to choose that path because of the story and the family soap opera, everyone would have been like, all together... This villain is so awesome. We love to hate him. We love to watch him die. And it would have been, you know, that more of a communal experience as opposed to people like sparring over it. Just Mm -hmm. the fact that he was connected to the families and the son of Han and Leia was why people said he had to be redeemed. And I completely agree. I understand that fully. Um, So it's maybe, maybe him not having been blood related or connected in that way would have been an easier path, but who knows? I still enjoy it. But um, before we get into our next story, I don't know if you had anything else in this. We do have a super chat. Oh, and nice. Yeah, let's do it from the spice runner himself. Graybeard David Probus. Hey, and Dave, thank you so much, David. Hope yeah. you're doing well, buddy. Hope you're getting ready for Christmas and having a good time. Whatever you're up to. Uh, he said, we need villains to stay bad. Sorry, not sorry. So, we know David likes the dark side. We know he likes to cosplay his dark side. And mm-hmm. that this comes to no surprise. But yeah, some villains definitely need to stay bad. Uh, we can't redeem them all um so thank you uh thank you for that david appreciate it buddy <laughs> that needs um, to be
1: a t-shirt it just says can't redeem them all <laughs> can redeem them all
0: yeah. <laughs> um all right where are we at now let's get into our next story did you have did we finish we finished the clip right there wasn't much more to
1: no that was it that was it for the clip and if you guys want to talk uh if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about this story, I think we're going to be discussing it even further on, uh, or we're going to be discussing similar topics on Monday. So,
0: Yeah. Monday gonna is going to be probably more <clears throat> of a visual effects focus, but there are certain elements that do change in movies and we'll get into that. But mm-hmm. yeah, next story. What do we got? Um, Another wild one. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So days after Jeff Snyder reported a rumor that the Mandalorian season four is going to be reworked as a movie, a new report claimed that is inaccurate. And Mando season four rolls on with filming reportedly starting in February. Now that comes from Bestman Bulletin. Um, this, this to me, um, I'll just start it off cause I know, you know, the details better than I do, but When we start, when you start to get into the weeds of people going back and forth on like what they've heard behind the scenes, I start to just distance in my caringness. I go, you know what? At the end of the day, it's interesting if somebody wants to pop in and say, hey, they're changing Mandalorian season four into a movie. And, you know, and but if somebody else is going to come out and say that's inaccurate and my sources say, then I just start to say, I'll just wait until they announce whatever it is. I I really don't care. I can have my opinions on what I think they should do, which we've discussed when we talk or, uh, you know, um, well, I guess we didn't really talk about it last week. It was like right after we did the show. Right. Or was it during, it was the day after it was the day after. Yeah. So we haven't really fully talked about it yet, but um, but I don't know. My, my thoughts are when it starts to go back and forth, I just sort of distance myself from the argument and go, I'll just wait and see whatever they do. Like, I, I don't really have an opinion. I like a story, but when it gets argumentative, I'm not really sure which way. And I'm not sure they're argumentative necessarily, but what are your thoughts, um, on this sort of being, uh, I don't want to say redacted cause Jeff didn't change his mind, right. but it's sort of been, uh, um, challenged. Yeah, challenged. Um, yeah,
0: I, I never believed that The Mandalorian was going to shift into a movie. Um, I think that, and I, I don't know where I said this, but I, I think that just would be a dangerous precedent for Star Wars. I think that, you know, having your first new movie being a converted TV show, Uh, is a bad, is a weak look for the grandest movie franchise of all time. Um, I still am looking forward to Dave Filoni's movie, which is going to encompass all of these shows in a bigger scale. But to say the Mando is going to convert, I I did not like hearing that rumor. I'll just put it that way. Um, I do believe that it is still a show. And part of what makes me believe that is just how seemingly accessible Manhattan Beach and the, those studios are to uh, spies and, and, you know, looky loos. And uh, I'm sure that people are seeing crews setting up and, and all that sort of thing to coincide with the timeline of the Mandalorian saying, uh, or not the Mandalorian, like Favreau and the crew saying like, well, we were going to start at this time. We're going to have to push it back. And the original thought was that they were going to start filming in September, October. The strike happens. Delays happen for four months. And now Bestman Bolton saying February. Four months after October. What is it? February. Uh, so a lot of that checks out to me. Uh, unless he used the same logic. But I, I, I think Mando Season 4 is still Mando Season 4. I think Disney Plus needs the Mandalorian also. That's another element to this. Uh, I still think that Ray movie is going to be that first Ray movie. So um, I know Jeff has been right about a lot of things. And to his credit, he had said... His Disney source uh, told him this and that it's only being identified as a rumor. He's not putting it out on uh, that. It's some exclusive exclusive, or anything. Yeah, Yeah, he said it on his podcast. Uh, But I I do believe that the Mandalorian season four is still very much the Mandalorian season four and not a movie. So I don't think that rumor was uh, is true that it was going to be converted into a movie.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so we're kind of Lacey's not here, but I do know that she has continually said that it makes sense to her that this would, that the Mandalorian would lead into a movie. And I've seen those arguments, like when Jeff gave his report, saw a lot of people being like, yes, that makes perfect sense. And here's why. And I would see the reasons. I still sort of feel like, Um, you know, there's this, there's this sort of thing where like, you don't ever give people, um, you don't make people pay for something that used to be free and, and, and while you're paying for Disney plus, I think it, because it's streaming, I think when people say like, Oh, it's not, it's it's not going to be in theaters. It's going to be on Netflix. People are just like, Oh, I don't have to pay to see it. You know, there's something about the streaming service that just kind of feels like it's, it's, it's just free. It's just going and it's available for anybody who wants to watch it. Um, and so I sort of think of the Mandalorian like that. It's just, Oh, it's they're just, it went, the episodes will air at my house and, and I don't have to pay to go see it. It's not going to be an event. It's just when they come out, they, I can watch them. Um, and I think to to take that away and sort of turn the next chapter into this movie, and then sort of return maybe to the TV or like is it Mando movies all the way up until the finale, or is you know or is it this movie and then Mando's done until they get to the finale, you know it just all of that just seems a little odd to me. Um, I think what makes the other movie special. Is that it's going to be combining like multiple stories? You know, yeah. it's going to be like the Skeleton Crew and Ahsoka and Mandalorian, and you're not really get, you're not really getting that on Disney Plus because you have to watch them individually on Disney Plus. This is like where they all cross over together in a big way. I still think that's still a little strange to me that we end up um, in a place where like you've been watching all of I don't even know ballers or something. Right. And then the last the last little hurrah is like in, in the theaters. I think that's a little strange. I know people point to examples of when that has happened. But um, even some of those examples to me are like, no, the show ended. And then years later, they made a movie. It wasn't like if you want to see how it ends, you have to go see the movie. Well, you know? th- yeah, I,
0: I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's been done before or not. It's just whether or not if it's a good idea. And then whether or not they pull it off.
1: Well, um, I think you can. I t- to anybody else's defense on that, like I think you can point it. Like I'm saying, it hasn't, w- it won't work, and people are like, "But it has worked." See, you can see here. Yeah, I'm precedent. saying it doesn't
0: matter whether or not, right. It's happened before or not, like because ballers is ballers, entourage is entourage, and Star Wars right. is Star Wars. I also think if it <laughs> if it was just a Mando movie, and they're like, "Oh, we're doing a Mando movie now," and then all of a sudden it's just like. 50 times the quality of special effects and you're like what and then you try to watch mando season one two and three and you're like watching lizzo and jack black play with like these magic orbs over a dinner table Mm -hmm. and then like all of a sudden you're in thrust into this movie and it's this big gigantic thing it would feel disjointed and feel a little
1: strange also how do you feel about like this like who would direct this movie is this yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't think it's a thing.
0: So I, I my guess would be maybe Snyder thought this was the Dave movie. Otherwise, the other choice would be Favreau, of course. But yeah. I don't buy it. I don't think it is. I do believe this new report that it is still season four. And I'm sure people's eyes on the ground over there because it's pretty easy to find that studio. And it's not hard to find people walking around big, giant, garbage bags over their costumes and Mm crews setting up and building, you know, with the way drones are today, unless you want to dome that whole area in Manhattan beach, you're going to see people setting up star Warsy looking things. And what other show right now would be filming in that studio? There's nothing. So it's not Andor. it's not, uh, acolytes done. Skeleton crews done. Uh, There's no been no word yet of any future of Boba Fett. Um, But
1: it's so it's got to be for Mando. So I'm still perfectly the Boba Fett thing still perfectly like, yeah, that makes sense. And also, what the heck? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like it's so balanced between like that makes perfect sense that they're never doing another one. And also, like, I don't understand why they're not doing another one. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Yeah, so I I I think it's pretty clear, uh, at least to me, that it is Mando season four, and that uh, thankfully, at least in my opinion, that, that rumor that Mando's becoming the next Star Wars movie is not true, because uh, I think that would be uh, I think that would be such a bad look and a weak look for for Star Wars. So I'm glad that that's hopefully not accurate. Uh, um, all right, oh, we- a quick. Yeah, quick reminder about Ask the Resistance if people want to send in questions. We do have a, a few already sent in, so thank you. Uh, if you do want to get on the show and you have a cool Star Wars question you want us to talk about, just pop it in the live chat with has, hashtag Ask the Resistance. Uh, and you can always send us questions uh, via email, resistancebroadcast at gmail.com or on social media, stuff like that. So thanks, everybody. Sorry, James.
1: Um, no, I was, yeah, I was going to say that. And then we were going to talk about our last story before we get to that, uh, Ask the Resistance. But uh, the last story is that there was a uh, book announcement uh, for a Mace Windu story, Uh, sort of his a novel about him finishing uh, Qui-Gon Jinn's last mission, uh, something that he was supposed to do, didn't get the chance to. And now uh, Mace Windu will have to finish that for him. Um, and it's kind of interesting that it's called the glass abyss, because when I think of Mace Windu, I think of glass and a giant abyss that he falls <laughs> down. I don't know if that's intentional or not, uh, but a lot of purple on this cover. And, well, uh, also Samuel
0: Jackson's character in Unbreakable is Mr. Glass.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true too. I didn't even think <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah, quite interesting, the connection, the connections here. Um, yeah. Do you do you have any thoughts on uh, this this uh, story? What do you think? I think it's very cool because you know why
0: I think there is an appetite for Mace Windu And you always hear about it, whether it's just conversations you have with prequel fans or to Star Wars fans in general or Samuel L. Jackson fans. And even Samuel L. Jackson saying like, yeah, I'll come back. And I think he's like 77 now and he's still like, yeah, I'll come back. Let's go. Um, But this is a good spot for him because I am of the belief that it's very important that Mace Windu did die in that moment in Revenge of the Sith. Um, So how do you bring Mace Windu back? Uh, this is a good spot for it here. And I love that it is a big thing for him to do, which is an element of closure in helping, you know, Qui-Gon sort of seal the deal in terms of finishing, you know, loose threads he had or things he wanted to, you know, finish as, as a Jedi. So I like this, uh, this idea. I don't know that I'm going to read it. I usually don't read the star Wars novels very often. Um, but the idea of it sounds cool. Um, it gives people that dose of Mace Windu maybe they've been uh, looking for for a long time and uh, comes out, you know, next summer. I, I, I'm not too familiar uh, with Stephen Barnes um, in terms of books, so if anyone in the chat wants to educate me on that or if James, if you happen to know. But it looks like he's written quite a bit over the last 40, I don't know, 40 years. So he's been writing for a very long time. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for... for Fans who love reading Star Wars novels, but also particularly fans of Mace Windu, I think this could be a pretty cool story.
1: So yeah, the the last line of the synopsis is that Mace Windu finds himself pushed to the boundaries of the Jedi Code, challenging his beliefs and his relationship to the Force itself. It's quite interesting that it will be to that extreme. I'm also wondering if this is a story that somebody could sort of Uh, You know how they always do, like if there's some type of underlying thread to a character, they can sort of uh, confirm that that's how they got from point A to point B with a novel. I wonder if this book will sort of imply that when there is an evil that is in fact going to just like kill all these people or do something so incredibly bad that that evil just needs to be stopped. You know, it can't be brought yeah. in. It can't be talked to. It can't be convinced otherwise. It just has to be destroyed. And that type of mentality, well, maybe, that type of mentality is what maybe Mace Windu carries into the fact that the, the Sith are back and we know it's this guy. If I can prove that it's this guy, you know, if he starts fighting me, um, my decision is already final because I went on this mission, you know, that Qui-Gon was investigating and, you know, were his final wishes uh, to look into more. So maybe, maybe that's um, him questioning his relationship to the force because he, he didn't believe that before, but now he does. And that's how he approaches Palpatine. I also like the cover too. If anybody checks it out, do you think that's the Jedi symbol or do you think that's like the future rebellion symbol? Like, what are we, what are we implying with that? To me, it looks like the Jedi symbol at first glance. Um, And that's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I think it's a very cool cover. I like that they didn't try to do any sort of different take on what you know maybe you know Mace Windu could look like. They're just like no, this is Samuel Jackson right there on the on the <laughs> cover. Uh, I think it's a very sharp, cool looking cover, and it's always cool seeing his lightsaber, which is a unique one because he told George Lucas, uh, "No, I'm having a purple lightsaber," and George's like, "Uh, okay."
1: It is it is kind of funny. I mean, I know they they probably know that if they put Samuel Jackson on the cover, it will sell more than if you were to do it. But it is funny that, you know, you don't see a book like this and they draw they do an artistic rendition of like Clone Wars, (laughs) you know, I guess because that is already the artistic interpretation of the character. You know, I
0: don't know. I will. I did as, you know, some a little multitasking. Uh, The author, Stephen Barnes, wrote the 2004 novel, The Cestus Deception, which is a Star Wars novel set in the Clone Wars era. So expanded universe uh, revolves around um, Count Dooku, Hmm. Obi-Wan, Kit Fisto. And it was a New York Times bestseller. So 20 years later, he's coming back. To, to another Star Wars novel. So Stephen Barnes, no stranger to Star Wars, uh, wrote a novel years that before era. the transaction. Yeah, in, the, in in 2004. And and mind you, 2004, before the, the Clone Wars movie or the Clone Wars series came out. So that's called the Cestus Deception, C-E-S-T-U-S Deception. If you want to get a taste of what Stephen Barnes' writing is like in Star Wars, that's the book to go for um
1: so very cool story there uh we're good on the news james yeah i think that's it for resistance report this week and uh if you want we could just get into those ask the resistance questions with the segment starting now
2: i've been wondering what are
1: chlorians. all right hopefully he got his turbo
0: man i know it's getting close to that time of year True. but um yeah and hopefully people got that reference uh, which I'm not going to say what it was. Um, all right. Ask the resistance. This is usually how it goes. If we're doing a live show, we're taking them right from the chat, but uh, sometimes you could also send this to those, send those to us in other ways. Uh, just make sure you're using that hashtag. Ask the resistance on social media. We'll find it. Or if you want to email it to us or what have you. But the first one here, James is coming from the great Mike Lovins, uh, kiss fan himself. Mike, I hope you're doing well in the morning of the band kiss who is, Allegedly played their last show. Um, did you see that? The K-
1: kisses coming back as like digital avatars now that they retired playing live? Um, no, I didn't see that. But you yeah. know what's weird? There's like a new trend of people playing their last show without telling people it's their last show. Like they're they're like, oh, tonight's the last show we're ever going to play, or like, oh, our last show? Yeah, that was like in June. We're never huh. playing again, and I'm like, why is that a trend, man? Don't people think it should be like, hey, we're gonna do maybe that's overplayed of like, final tour ever, and then they don't they end up playing again together. So. Yeah, the,
0: Kiss has done like three farewell tours, I think, at this point. Oh, honestly. really? Yeah, 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 and they've yeah. broken up and got back together. So well, maybe <laughs> they they
1: thought that was over outplayed, and they were just like, nah, that we we already did it. Yeah,
0: I think they're also just getting too old to do it. But oh yeah.
1: um, All right, Mike comes at us
0: with, "What's one of the best Star Wars Christmas gifts that you've received?" Hmm. I mean, I've gotten a bunch of really good
1: ones. Um, Christmas specific, off the top of my head. I mean, I don't know. I feel bad that that like somebody maybe got me something that was like really cool, but. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything specifically. Yeah,
0: I've gotten a bunch of cool Star Wars gifts, but for Christmas specifically, I think I might have to go with um, my brother got me my favorite shot in Star Wars on a canvas painting, and it's Darth Vader in the silhouette and the carbon chamber when he's telling Luke he's not a Jedi yet. Uh, that, I'll, that's I'll put that up there. As as mine. I mean, if I think of others, uh, I'll let you know, but I'm going to put that up there as, as my pick.
1: Um, I know that uh, I know that uh, I got a visual dictionary f- when The Force Awakens came out. And at the time, like I wasn't doing like the podcasting yet, you know, and it's just like at the time it was like kind of like star wars is back and that visual dictionary was like all this cool like insider lore and, oh, yeah. and you know you can learn this stuff and i just remember like having that and feeling like really excited um to 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 dive into some of that stuff but also now that i'm thinking a little bit further i also want to mention too like uh, when we were at star wars newsnet the the owner val would always like do this big like end of year holiday thing yes yeah and that was have. always really yeah. fun you know yeah so did, it, it yeah. wasn't necessarily about the gift is so much it was like about the getting of the gift that was fun yeah that was fun we had the sort of like
0: raffle in a sense for items and you had to put your hat in the ring for an item and there were some definitely cool stuff in there too yeah
1: if there were like 30 writers he bought 30 gifts and it was like you're gonna end up with one of them
0: yeah like, and then there would always be, be like the on, few it items it was where waiting. everyone's like
1: that's the one
0: that's the one right, yeah yeah i did i also have i don't know if it was for christmas or not but i have that book of george lucas's handpicked favorite um shots from oh, wow. all <sighs> the movies yeah um but uh yeah let us know in the chat or hit us up uh on social media and let us know what your favorite star Wars uh, Christmas mm-hmm. gift has been. Thank you, Mike, for that question. Appreciate it, buddy. Hope you're well. Um, next up, we have a super chat cut to the front of the line, James. Hey, it's Soon- sooner thrown. There he is checking in. Uh, oh, how you doing pal? He said, are you going to do a rebel moon spoiler? Why? Wa- uh, spoiler reaction, maybe saying after the holidays, um, I would be down for that. We haven't talked about it. I know Lacey had said she's very interested in watching that movie. You going to watch it, James? You know,
1: there's a lot of stuff that I want to (laughs) watch. Like I, I am very surprised that I haven't started that show or like certain things that I like have started. I'm like, it's really surprising that I haven't finished. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's one of those things where like I do intend to watch it or would like to watch it. um, but I think the the biggest appeal of it is the whole like Zack Snyder pitched a Star Wars movie, Lucasfilm said no, and then he said, I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I, on the red
0: carpet for it, um I don't know if it was his wife, but they just flat out said, like, yeah, this was gonna be a Star Wars movie. It wasn't like, We had an idea and then it evolved into this. She, so she's like <laughs> Yeah, they were like She's like, Well, it was a Star Wars movie and now so just try to watch Rebel Moon and say like, oh, that would have been like this. That would have taken place here or something. But I, I'm i going to check it out. I'd be. We haven't talked about it. I'd be down to cover this and talk about it and have some fun with it. Uh, but it's nothing we've decided yet. So we'll see.
1: I, I think that uh, at one point when they did then like Zack Snyder did something really cool. He was like at an event and he was like directing people. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, he was like he was actually on the floor and their their exhibit. He was like, uh, you know, directing fans and the scene and put him in the movie and stuff. And I remember retweeting it and saying like, this could have been Star Wars. And I got a lot of responses from people being like, when the movie inevitably sucks, I'm going to be glad it wasn't Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, this movie better be good because. The thing about Zack Snyder... It's going to get a lot of like, thank God we didn't let that guy do Star Wars. Zack Snyder has a very distinct
0: uh, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how that would have played in Star Wars and been looking so different. And also, I do think, even though Zack Snyder seems like a great guy, he seems so nice, he's very good with fans, and everyone who ever works for him loves him uh there's for whatever reason maybe it's like the fanboy stuff people get turned off from but he's a dif- he's a divisive person mm-hmm. uh you know and i don't know why he is fans have made him that way but i i don't know that that would be a good thing for fandom but sure. he's doing his he's doing his own thing and, and i'm gonna check it out and we'll see but thank you super uh super thrown yeah super Throne for that yeah, you are super thrown. Um, okay. Uh, one more question here. We will go with Matt Lawless. Uh, to end the show, Matt said, Which Jedi do you want to see in Tales of the Jedi season two?
1: Oh. Uh, Plo Koon, right? Sure.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Because we already saw a bunch
1: of them that I would have um, picked. I'm trying to remember, like we, who did we see? We saw. Um, well, Dooku and Ahsoka, of course. Dooku and Ahsoka, and there, was Mace, and there was like a Mace Windu one. Well, the, a lot of I them were a lot of them were in the episodes, but they weren't focused on them because right.
0: it, it was mostly like Ahsoka episodes, Dooku episodes. And there's, you know, Qui Gon's
1: involved. You Were know, those the only two then? Was it just three Dooku episodes, three Ahsoka episodes? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so, and I, I say Plo
0: Koon because, um, you know, Dave Filoni loves Plo Koon, and there's like people just wishing there was more of him. But I don't know if I have another answer beyond that. If it's, if the question is based on someone we haven't seen, if it's someone we have seen, I love more Qui-Gon. I would never get tired of seeing more Qui-Gon stories. So that would be my pick. But if it's someone we haven't really had a focus on uh, that heavily, I would say someone cool like Plo Koon. Um,
1: Adepa Balaba for me. Because uh, it's fun to say. No, but mostly because <laughs> of the um, the connection to Kanan and specifically sort of the Kanan uh, comics tells a little bit of her story and her failure. Oh, well, that's cool. And then it's that's how uh, Kanan was sort of connected to her. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's kind of one of those things where, like, it, it, this is one of those impromptu questions, Matt. You know what I mean? Where it's like on the spot, and I'm like, Ah, oh, I bet I could give some really cool ideas if I just had a minute to kind of think about uh, who I'd want to see. But you know, that's that's often you in of my head. You you like marinating
0: and thinking about. Like choices. Because yeah, 'cause
1: because my gut right now is like, oh, so we didn't get one about Mace Windu or Yoda. Uh Mace Windu, Yoda, you know. But like yeah, I want a better yeah. answer than that. I want like, oh, you know what I should have said is and I I'll say Depa Balaba right now because All you know, right. in connection.
0: Am I allowed to say Qui-Gon? If I am, yes. If not, go Ploku. Um Thank you, Matt. Appreciate the question. Thank mm-hmm. you to everybody who sent in the questions. Thank you for the the super chats um and everybody who uh watched and joined us live uh i do want to also uh give a shout out to our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast uh you help us out in such a such a big way and um we have a really big year coming up in 24 and of course 25 so uh thank you for all your continued support to allow us to continue to do what we do as we also have normal lives and families and, and all that stuff uh, while we do this thing. Um, and if you'd like to join us over there on Patreon, we have exclusive content there and a lot of other cool benefits, rewards, perks, a Discord server. Uh, just head over to the link right on your browser, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast or the Patreon app. Look us up. Tiers start at $5 uh, and away you go. Access immediately. You could submit questions to the show, which you'll see on Monday. Uh, a lot of other cool stuff. But a big shout-out to the Generals and Spice Runners over there on Patreon. Uh, starting with the the OG of OGs, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Ronde, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Romori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. And the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. A couple of them I saw in the chat. I believe I saw Andrew, David... Um, pop it in there so uh, and yeah a few people thank you um, very much to everybody who also just listens watches uh, however you take in TRB it means a lot to us we appreciate it and uh, more Star Wars on the way um, as far as we go uh, Lacey uh, should be back with us next Thursday as we said we're gonna have our holiday party so be sure to hit up Lacey at Lacey Gilloran and say that you're so excited she's coming back Woo-hoo. let her know and uh, for me I am at Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, we're doing uh, maybe our newest movie, yeah, we're doing once upon a time in Hollywood uh, mm-hmm. next week. Uh, you know, I mean, I like Tarantino. No, maybe not
1: in Star Wars though, but I love Tarantino. Um, James, how about you? Uh, you can find me at my trunks on social media, but I got you Matt I got the answer. I figured it out. Bury Safi. Oh, there it is. Okay. So here's what you do you, because it was three episodes each for the characters. Show us a, uh, an episode where she was very like dedicated, loyal, and very happy to serve as a Jedi. Give us the episode where the first time she's like, whoa, like maybe I'm on the wrong side. Maybe I'm finding the wrong battle. Maybe, you know, I should switch. She's indifferent. And then give us the episode where we can finally put to rest what happened to that character What's the story? You know, how'd she die, or where's she at right now? And just that be that be the arc for that character. One, two, three.
0: That's pretty good. I'm not gonna. I'm. Um, um, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty good. Clever. I like it. There we go. Um, thank you all. Uh, appreciate it all very much. Um, have a wonderful weekend. Be safe out there. If you're shopping or whatever you're doing, stay warm, stay safe. And uh, me and James will be back with you on Monday where we're going to talk a little bit about, you think they'll ever make some tweaks to these current slate of Star Wars the way George Lucas did? So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: get your mind going on that and we'll see you Monday with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.